to another episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism and music. As a quick update to everyone listening, our alum Stove has released a brand new EP called Eat, and you don't want to miss it. They're back with their incredible, enticing ukulele jams that just blend and soothe like a well-made latte. Find a link to their new EP in the episode bio. Now on to this week's guest. My guest this week is the incredible A.W., formerly known as Allison Weiss. A.W. talked about their experiences working with people in the DIY community, making music videos, and how they publicly came out as gender nonconforming. A.W. is such a brilliant and important voice in music, and there's some momentum here, and it's so exciting to watch A.W. grow with all this new songwriting, including alongside the Tegan of Tegan and Sarah. So with that, let's listen to some of AW's new music off their record, The Sound, then dig into the interview. Losing sleep and the company I keep is telling me I just gotta let this one die. I am so stoked that I'm talking to you from coast to coast like this. So yes, it's amazing. Um, This is so exciting for me because I've been following you for probably what, four or five years now. And every show I've been to has been exciting. And I feel like just completely breathtaking. Every time has been special to me. So thank you for coming to actually play shows in Florida. It's very appreciated. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Now that I'm very excited after going to so many shows to see you, I get to actually talk to you. This is like one of the most exciting things I think that's happened with. Oh my God. That's for me, so. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you so many questions, so I'm going to kind of just jump into it, but sure. 
Can you talk about when you first started playing music, the first instruments you were picking up, and what got you interested? Um, well, I grew up in a pretty musical family. Uh, so my dad plays guitar and writes songs, and um, I feel like I was just like always around it growing up, so music felt like super accessible. Uh, and I really got into playing and performing when I was in like my early teens, and I had a lot of feelings, and I wanted to like get them out there. <laughs> and I like had a crush on someone who played guitar. And so I was like, I'm gonna learn to play guitar. And then pretty much the rest is history. I started playing guitar and then I, I loved it and I haven't stopped since. And that was, I think, 15 years ago. Wow. That love for yeah. it shows so much in watching you play and the way that you write music and stuff. That's, that's really cool. Um, Thanks. I know you've been doing this for quite a while now. Um, but you know, what was it like when you first started kind of writing your first songs and starting to kind of expose them to people? I mean, I know that one of the big things that kind of got you elevated in music is whenever you got your Kickstarter going and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, wait, what was the first part of that question? It was about, um, yeah, like beginning of songwriting. Oh, well, when I was a teenager, I was like, I wasn't really thinking about like, oh, I want to play these, uh, you know, on stage, or I want to go on tour, or I want to make a record. I was literally like, I want to say something to somebody, but I'm afraid to say it to them in person. So I'm just going to play it in this song while they're in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like how I got into music really was just like, yeah, I'm doing this open mic and it makes me feel cool to be up here on stage. And I'm singing this song about you there in the back or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so, so awesome. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just like a cathartic thing for me. Um, but then as time went on, I, like, I was putting my songs on MySpace, and um, I was getting this, like, following sort of happening, and I started playing more shows, like, around the Southeast, because um, I, I grew up in Georgia, and people were, like, coming to those shows, and then I was making musician friends who lived in New York, and I would fly up to New York and play shows with them, and, and somehow people in New York knew who I was, and sort of, it all, it all just kind of snowballed until I... <laughs> until the Kickstarter thing happened. And then I, I was really like, Oh, I, I think I could maybe try and do this for real. That's exciting. And then you, to make those kind of connections throughout the country so quickly, I mean, I feel like around like 2008, 2009 is when the internet was really starting to kind of take off as far as like connectivity goes and like yeah, right? being able yeah. to meet people. I mean, I hear all the time from my friends here, musicians, it's like this, is, the internet helps connect for booking shows and being able to find opportunities yeah. to record now. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really cool that you were able to get your footing then even. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I mean, um, yeah, well, uh, I've, I think most of my friends who I know now, you can probably trace it back to meeting somebody on the internet at some point, which is just so funny. And it's amazing that, you know, so many people very quickly connected to your music. I mean, for me personally, the first time that I heard um, Say What You Mean and um, even your earlier music and such, I just immediately connected to how honest it felt and very personal. And I mean, was it because I think when you first started writing, you mentioned about how you were trying to kind of hint, hint, nudge, nudge to somebody in the room that you yeah. felt connected to them. That's really yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and that's always continued throughout my music. You know, uh, mo I mean, the, the, the vast majority of songs I've written are all like I could point to the specific person they're about. Um, 
it, I guess it's just like when I was a teenager, I like literally wouldn't say those things, but now I'm an adult, so I have to like talk about my feelings. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, how do I write songs for like other adults that have feelings that, that, you know, you listen to the radio and it's all like empowering breakup songs or just like normal sad breakup songs. And I'm like, let's talk about relationships from all different perspectives. Yeah, I feel yeah. that because you, you know, particularly, of course, with the record New Love, you explore, like, I feel like almost every stage of a possible relationship, you know, the first feelings, the, it feels like, uh, you know, who we are, it feels like that time when you're first starting to get to know the person that you care for, and then all kinds of connectivity in that sense, and then all stages of experience, breakups, whether you're doing the breaking up or not, it's, I love that you're that exploring of like relationships and stuff that's always fascinated me it's like pretty much since I uh got into like a uh a long-term relationship I'm married now so like people are often like oh no you must be so sad and I'm like I'm good I'm married but like (laughs) I've been uh I've been in this relationship for like five years now so I sort of had to like relearn how to write songs because so now instead of it being about a specific breakup um you know I like to sometimes like read my old diaries and like uh just like think about how it felt back then and and imagine new situations in which one could fuck up a relationship (laughs) etc etc um but you know because I feel like I can only write so many uh of the same song over and over that's fair it's it's funny because I remember I was at one of your shows and this both amused me and you know inspired me creatively in that sense because you said that uh one of your superpowers is not being able to let go of things. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, like, super helpful for my uh, songwriting. Yeah, in the real world, it's just plain OCD, but <laughs> it makes me who I am in that, like, I can somehow write endless songs about, like, the exact same uh, breakup, but just, like, pull it apart into, like, tiny little sections. <laughs> That's so cool to me. And, you yeah. know, the fact that you can kind of look back on your diaries and all these experiences that you've had and turn them into really catchy, not only indie songs, but pop songs too. Yes. That's so cool. You've explored so many styles of music, I feel like, over your career too so far. I mean, kind of starting off as kind of like that indie rock with a little bit of punk into, you know, this really catchy pop music with Runaway and stuff. Um, What drew you more so to pop at this stage? You know, I've always loved pop music. I've just been a giant pop music fan for my entire life. I feel like, like, uh, I'll like branch off and like get into really get into punk for a while, or like I'll get into country for a while, or like get into electronic music for a while. But like, I'm just like a sucker for like bubblegum radio <laughs> pop. Like when I was in middle school, I got really into listening to the radio, and I would just like listen to top forty music for like all day, like with my little. Uh, you know those uh, <laughs> those like earphones that could connect to the radio, like that. Sort yes. Of. Um, yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I don't know. It just like was ingrained in me. So I, I guess I've always been writing pop songs, but the way that they get produced is different. And like, it's sort of just like um, happens to be like whatever I'm listening to at the moment, or whatever's like really inspiring me. And right now, that happens to be like just big anthemic pop songs. That's really awesome, and I feel like those songs matter just as much as any other style of music. It's it's beautiful, it's important, they often explore emotions and stuff, so... Yeah, pop- it's also really fun to create, because, like, when I, I, I love punk and pop punk, but at the end of the day, it's usually just, like, a few guitars, drums, bass, 
maybe there's a keyboard in there. Um, but just like I've been working with um, my wife and my guitar player, my wife Joanna Catcher and my guitar player Pete Racine have been like producing some new music for me, Runaway being one of those tracks. Yeah. And it's just like really fun to like make just these like massive soundscapes that are just like to create some sort of extra ambiance in the chorus or whatever. And I don't know, I like, I like the subtleties of recording that type of music for sure. Yeah, it feels like you have unlimited options to what you can do to your music yeah. whenever yeah. you open yourself up that way. That's really yeah. special. Yeah, and I've always been a computer kid, and I've always loved, like, 80s synthesizers and shit like that, so it was kind of inevitable that it got into <laughs> my music. I'm definitely, like, in no way, shape, or form, like, an analog purist or one of those people. Like, I love keyboards. I love drum machines. I think those bumper stickers that say drum machines have no soul are bullshit. <laughs> I mean, some people use it in all stages of making music. It's awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. it just equips people to be able to play any kind of music and access music in ways that they couldn't before. Yeah, totally, so. totally. yeah. Well, it's awesome that you have that mentality of being able to create with so many different tools. And it sounds like you're keeping a lot of your DIY ethos as well over the years. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. What kind of motivates you with that? Because I know that, you know, some artists, as they start to gain a little bit more popularity, they sometimes share things with um, bigger labels and so on. But you seem to stay really in touch with both yourself and the people that you're working with. Um, where does that come from? I think it's pro probably because for the majority of my career, that's the way it's been. So I'm not really used to having um, people helping me out or not necessarily helping me out because there have been so many people who have, who have helped me out along the way. But um, as far as I like, I'm not sure what makes me DIY other than um, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't let, I've never had a label that wanted creative control of what I was doing. So I was never like forced uh, to make that decision whether I wanted to give it up or not. Um, I was lucky enough that I signed with this label side one dummy who they in themselves are, like incredibly DIY they're just, they just like come from that punk world where um people know that uh uh it's important to just like work hard and be be nice to people yeah that's one of the things I actually love about side one dummy too and I get that immediately from anything that they put out and it seems like they do a great job working with forming relationships with the artists too and helping promote you on your terms and stuff that's got to be really yeah. nice yeah and I, I, I guess I like the DIY scene. I always thought that was such a funny name for it because I feel like um, the whole point, the whole part of the scene is everybody's sort of like working together to lift each other up. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like less do it yourself and more like let's do this all as like a team outside of, uh, you know, the uh, uh, corporate world, I think is usually what makes a DIY, right? Is the lack of the that corporate sponsor telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that sense of community and clearly you do too, because that continues for you. Yeah. And I think that's probably a lot of what makes, I think people feel comfortable creating music and putting it out there too, is whenever they have that sense of community around them. Yeah, um, absolutely. So kind of going back to one of the, your more recent records, New Love, what was it like writing that record, putting it together and putting it out there? I know it's been a couple of years, but um, that one was, I feel like, very um, earth shattering for a lot of people out there when they first heard it. Oh, man, I'm so happy to hear you say that. It's so, I feel like um, New Love was kind of like the first record where I, I wrote all of the songs for it, specifically for that record. Um, like, 
I think maybe half of the songs on Say What You Mean I'd had lying around for a while. So New Love was a whole new experience for me to say, okay, this is the time that we're going to make this record. I need to have this many songs done by that time. So um, let's do this. And uh, it was it was fun. Um, that was sort of like when I got into like my newer songwriting processes of, like I said, like reading old diaries and like trying to like get myself in that headspace of like, a sad teenager and I, man do I love that headspace it's so fun to be in and that's why I like to write songs about that sort of stuff because that's like the music I like to listen to I like to feel nostalgic so if I can like put some kind of nostalgia in my songs I'm like totally stoked um so yeah the I mean and the writing for that was fun too because I demoed everything out before I brought it into the studio which is also something I hadn't done before um and I got to work with my friend Brad, who plays in a band called Now Now that I'm obsessed with, and he is just an incredible producer, um, as well as Forrest from Hello Goodbye, and the two of them together, it was it was cool. And um, it was also probably the fastest record I've ever made. Oh, really? Uh, not, not counting the writing process, because that was a few months, um, but we we tracked the whole thing in 12 days. Wow. So, yeah. That's really it, fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like, like uh, pedal to the metal, like, how do we crank this thing out? And what was kind of cool about that is I feel like in the past I'd like agonized a lot about like what part goes where. Um, and, uh, and new love was very like, we don't have time. So we have to just like go with our cut, go with our gut and throw it down. Um, and so the arrangements on those songs are like, it's pretty cool. You, you really, you only have like a couple guitar lines on each one. And, um, I mean, there's a couple songs on it, like Counting Down and Back to Me, where you hear me like heading in the pop direction where I feel like I went now on Runaway. Um, but yeah, New Love was great. I, I'm I'm really glad that you, you liked it because, I mean, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad because like so many of the songs resonate with me and I feel like it does that for many people. A lot of my friends, we spend a lot of time talking about that record and your music in general, but uh <laughs> It, it's fun because I think of uh, the song that always comes on. Like if I'm sitting in my car and I have my music on shuffle and, I, and who we are comes on, I just kind of lose it. It's nice. one of the most like happy feeling, strong uh, go-to songs. It's the one whenever, um, whenever people ask me what I'm listening to and I'm like, Oh, I'm listening to AW and stuff. And they're like, well, what song is it? And I'll play them that song. And next thing I know, I'm like, sending like download links to Bandcamp and stuff for you. <laughs> and oh, that's awesome. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, what were kind of your favorite songs to write on that record and put out there? Um, Who We Are for sure was a fun one just because it was like uh, one of those songs that like kind of just like magically <laughs> appears in your hands. Um, <laughs> in that, I mean, I say that as like a songwriter where some songs take forever to finish and they're like, a super pain and other songs just kind of like flow out and it's like magical and I feel like they were already there and you just like lassoed them in or something you know what I mean? that's awesome um, but um gosh it's like what songs are even on that record I feel like uh out of this alive was really fun to put together just because I haven't really had a song like that before that it, like has that like vibey darkness and that kind of a beat to it um so that one was really cool for sure and I feel like Back to Me was fun because it was like, I was like finally realizing my like synth pop dreams of my youth, um, for sure. I love that kind of excitement for the music and what you put together for this entire record. It's just, it's so cool. And I love that you mentioned the kind of, um, the synth pop kind of nods that you started to put kind of throughout New Love and then 
I, the fun that I feel throughout so many of those songs is great. Like, I loved when you put out the music video for Back to Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was so great. Um, I got, I actually laughed a lot with the whole, like, Chris Farron and everything, Oh, too. my God. He was so good. I didn't come up, I didn't figure out that Chris Farron was going to play that part until, like, two days before we did the video. And I was oh, like, really? I was like, who do I know? Like, I feel like this douchebag in the bar. And it was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. It's the perfect part. <laughs> That's so great. And, yeah. you know, those the personalities that come out in that video are so fun. Well, you know... What's it like for you? You've made a couple of music videos now. Um, mm-hmm. What's that experience like for you? Ugh, it's so awesome. All I want is to make videos for everything. Oh, if really? Only, if only videos were cheaper to make. That's the problem. <laughs> um, but, like, I've always uh, – I before I uh, even picked up a guitar and started playing music, I made, like, little uh, videos. I had a little, like, handy cam or whatever and some basic editing software, and I spent most of my time making, like, like little short films starring my stuffed animals. So like I've wanted to make music videos and things like that since I was a kid. Um, so every time I get the opportunity to make a music video, it's always very exciting. That's so great. And I feel like, you know, that sense of fun that you have for, you know, maybe it's harkening back to you and having fun making videos as a kid and stuff. But I feel like that it just comes across like you're really enjoying yourself throughout it all. That's for Thank sure. You. And even like the Who We Are video, which I'm not even in, we just had – um, a friend on the East Coast make it like that was just really amazing to be a part of because I feel like the story turned out exactly how I wanted it to and it, the song felt like enhanced by this gorgeous video um, so yeah it's always great I, I hope I can make a lot more visual stuff on the next record that would be amazing um, it, I, I feel like it's so cool too whenever artists are also interpreting your work and like you know feel, I feel like they probably feel connected to you also in that sense of like they listen to the song and now they want to make a video and stuff for it yeah, so yeah yeah I feel like that's something that's really special about your social media presence in that sense too because um, there was a lot of excitement for example whenever you came out as gender nonconforming um, oh yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like I saw a lot of people, myself included, of course, like, just saying, like, wow, that's another person out there who's representing us and, you know, uh, is being themselves as well. Um, yeah. What, what was that experience like for you to kind of come out to more people? Um, well, it's interesting because I'm definitely, like, still in the phase where I'm figuring a lot out myself. Um, and so uh, I feel like... In some ways, maybe I should have waited until I like knew a little bit more just because I feel like the haters out there always want you to tell them exactly what you are. Um, and right now in my life, I'm like, I don't know, I'm figuring it out, but I know what I'm not. So, <laughs> And then I saw uh, our dear president post um, the heartbreaking news about his plans for the uh, transgender military ban. And mm-hmm. um, it was just so heartbreaking because I was at this point in my own life where I was um, identifying with these feelings and I'm uh, sort of like um, getting more involved in uh, the trans community and, and having that as a part of my life. And it was like, so not only was it sad from the perspective before, but now the, everything I'm experiencing, I'm just like, so uh, in an impulse, I tweeted about it um, and I'm glad that it went over well, uh, but it just felt like, I mean, it's kind of like when I came out as gay to the internet like 10 years ago, it was sort of around the time of the It Gets Better campaign. Um, and so I guess for me, it's like, I don't know, a lot, of, a lot of artists 
want to keep their private life private, stuff like that. But um, it's hard because I've always been so involved with the community on the internet. And I know that I have so many younger fans um, who are going through a lot themselves. And it's just like, it just feels important to me to, um, I don't know, be a, be, just be any person who's visible um, that, you know, might help someone younger figure themselves out. I know it took me as long as it did because um, when I was a kid, I didn't have any of, I didn't have any idea what all of this was. Um, and it wasn't until like the last couple of years that I suddenly had all these friends who were trans and I was reading trans stories on the news and, and even seeing some on TV. And suddenly my Instagram was full of all these like incredible people who were living their truth. And I was like, Oh wow. I didn't even know this was an option. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's why I felt it pretty important to come out. Plus it makes it easier for me because now I can do whatever I want. I don't have to worry about people being like, what's up with you? You know what I mean? I can just like <laughs> exist. So that's nice. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, what you were saying about kind of being another person who's there and out and, you know, that there are people who are kind of looking up to you and that are kind of responding to you. That's really special. I think about how many more people are kind of stepping up and appearing within the community who are openly trans or gender nonconforming and stuff. And I feel like that's so important because yeah. Um, even just for me as a person of color, seeing more punk bands with like, you know, people of color in them or, yeah. you know, starting to see more people who are able to step up and use like social media, for example, as a platform and express their art. It means so much to so many people out there and stuff. So, yeah, seriously. But on the other hand, you know, you're, pro you're probably taking in a lot of this as well, you know, between of course, what's going on with the, uh, political climate and of course things that are happening to yourself as well what are you kind of doing to take care of yourself through it all <laughs> nice uh I just took a, a nice bath with some magnesium salts which was <laughs> chill um I actually just deleted twitter and instagram off my phone the other day because I'm like you know what? I can look at it like in the morning and at night on my computer but like I'm addicted to my phone and it's just it makes me sick. So I got rid of that. Um, and uh, I just joined this very cool new gym in LA that's very queer. So that's how I'm taking care of myself. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> that's really awesome that you found like these ways to take care of yourself. I know for me, for example, it's like I've been trying to reduce how much I'm even on Facebook because yeah. that's, that's been actually a real source of stress. Exactly. But I, I don't even know why I have the Facebook anymore because I don't even... I never use it, but it's, yeah. you know, when I go on there, I see, you know, relatives and people posting things that make me sad. And I'm like, why am I here? It's true. I think I only log in for like notifications now from friends where it's like, I know that you're not going to say something that's toxic or mm -hmm. that'll yeah. cause anxiety and stuff. So it's just yeah. crazy that we have to like regulate to that extremity to take care of ourselves right now. I know. Right. Um, and it's hard too to find the balance between Obviously, I want to stay informed because there there are people out there who are just not paying attention because they have the privilege of not paying attention. And yeah. they don't realize what a privilege it is to be able to just not pay attention. And I realize it is incredibly privileged of me to be able to be like, I'm not going to look at Twitter anymore. I don't want to see this white supremacist bullshit. Um, but uh, I feel like it's also on the, on the same 
thing, it's important to take care of yourself. And if it's like causing you so much anxiety that you can't like be out there helping to like fix the problems and delete Twitter. Yeah. Do what you have to do at this point. But I, I, I think that one of the things that I definitely am taking a little bit of solace in is like seeing tweets like yours that are like condemning, you know, these issues that we're all facing and like, you know, it's nice to know that the people that you respect are also standing up. And I know that like, just even seeing sometimes a message of being like, you know, like, fuck white supremacy and stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, this, this just like, it's almost like one of those things. It's like, okay, I feel a little bit better now. Yeah. And then yeah. between that and like sometimes, um, cause I follow your social accounts, of course, it's like, even just seeing you with your cats and stuff. It's just like, you know, that's <laughs> nice. That's really nice. And Good. I'm glad you like that. that. <laughs> when all of this bullshit is going on in the world and I'm posting a picture of my cat, I'm like, what an asshole posting a picture of my cat when there's so many dark things happening right now. But I'm glad that you see it that way instead. No, I think that a lot of people probably see it that way, honestly, because it's like, well, sometimes you have to stop and look at the cute cat or like, you know, hug a puppy and that'll make a world of a difference and stuff. It sure does. That's how I'm taking care of myself and petting my cats every day. (laughs) It's, it does so many wonders and stuff. And, you know, it just sounds like this is like a, we have to hang on to these opportunities, of course, of like, you know, being able to be, uh, able to take care of ourselves, but also be able to express ourselves. And mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, for me, it's the podcast is, yeah. is music helping as well, writing anything new or always. Um, I'm not writing much for myself these days, but I have been, uh, co-writing with some friends and just like making some fun pop songs. And yeah, it just is, it always feels great. And you got to write with Tegan Quinn. What was that like? Oh yeah, we actually wrote over email. So it was just like some wow. emails back and forth and some some recordings sent back and forth. Um yeah, it was really great. I had this like song idea floating around and she and I had had like briefly talked about about maybe collaborating on something and um I was sort of like I had like a verse and like part of a chorus and I was like I feel like this song is really cool. I, I want to give up on it. Maybe it could maybe it could be cool. So I sent it to her because obviously pop jams um, and as I was like, I have this pop song. You want to write on this pop song? And she was like, I've got some ideas. And then like her first idea was amazing. So it was very easy. <laughs> That's amazing to be able to have that kind of connection. And I know that like Tegan and Sarah are a huge influence on so many people who are yeah, writing music. So yeah. I mean, well, myself included, I, I saw them play in like 2008 and I was like, That's what I want to do. And <laughs> so here I am now. That's amazing that you're able to make a connection to somebody that you admired, you know, back in 2008. And now you're writing music with that person. And you know what? I was almost like, it's because of the internet. But actually, I wrote her a a handwritten letter. So it's because of snail mail. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool, though. The fact that, you know, she saw that and was responsive and stuff. That's amazing that you saw that personal connection. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. It's, It's super cool. Well, you know, I asked you a lot about your previous music that you've put out and of course um some about runaway but what are your favorite songs that you like to play live oh man right now it depends if i'm playing solo or with a band but um we did we the band and i just went down to australia and we played runaway down there and it was so fun so that might be my current favorite song to play live um there's another song uh new love called good way that's I think one of my favorites, whether I'm solo or band, just because I like how chill it starts out like very quiet and soft and then it gets really big. Um, and that's just always fun to do on stage. And uh, the song New Love is like 
close to my heart because I love a song that just screams the same thing over and over at the end. Yeah, that song is <laughs> – it's so much fun to be able to have that as somebody who's in, like, the crowd too. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite, actually, memories of seeing your shows is uh, actually being able to scream along with the crowd to I Was an Island. That's yes. always, like – powerful to me that so many people in this room know this song and it seems like they know every word too oh it's the best it's there's no better feeling on earth I can only imagine in that sense and like to have your music connect with that many people too yeah it's it's crazy so you know you've played with a lot of really amazing bands over the years but is there somebody you haven't played with that you dream of being able to play a show with um well, I'm. I hope maybe Tay and Sarah will come take me out sometime. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. I don't really have any like dream artists to play with. I feel like my dream is more like I want to be the one headlining. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it would be cool to like share the stage with like Tom Petty or somebody like that. I feel like that would be really cool. Um, or I mean, there's always Hanson. That would be amazing. Tom <laughs> Petty or Hanson would be yeah, so cool. Just because if I could play with Hanson, then I could go back in time and tell my 10-year-old self, you're going to meet Hanson. <laughs> and my 10-year-old self would freak out. No kidding. I mean, the fact that they've made, like, kind of this comeback in the last year or so is just amazing. I'm like, They've got a, their own thing going on. They've got, like, they'll have fans forever. Their fans are extremely hardcore. It seems like it. Yeah, everybody I know, I had a friend actually text me one time being like, Hanson's coming to your town. Can you buy me tickets? And I'm like, I can't get through the site. And I'm like, they're like, we'll pay you back. But still, it's just kind of like, uh, sure. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. That's that hardcore because I guess the tickets were selling out or something. But yeah. crazy. There, there's Hanson Mania still. That's Hanson Mania. Is, <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so you've done so much, I feel like over the past like seven or eight years, but, um, releasing music, but what's next for you? Do you have any kind of like goals of things you want to do over the next year or so? Um, I'm just sort of like, uh, ready to hibernate for the winter and hopefully write some songs and, and, um, put another album together, but I don't know when that'll be. Cause I'm also really into writing singles. So maybe we'll go back to like singles culture and, I mean, I feel like we're kind of already back there now. There's a lot of people who just do the singles thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think in the next year or two, I'd love to, like, try and, and make a real dent in the pop world. Not a real dent. That sounds so <laughs> – I'd like to – I'm, like, I'm like pretty deep in the, like, alt-press punk world. I want to, like, try my hand at a little, little poppier of a space. Not, like – I don't need to go, like, crazy pop, but, like, bleachers and, and like, bands like that, you know? Yeah, I think that it would be amazing, and I feel like it would be so cool for you to be able to, like, you know, rise up to that space and have even a wider audience at that point listening to your really music. Fun. It would be really fun, yeah. I always get excited when I find you on, like, a pop playlist on Spotify and stuff even, and I'm just like, yes, yeah. you're doing yeah. it right, everybody. This is who you should be listening yeah. to. I actually, yeah. on a regular basis, it's like if I have friends that are, like, really into pop, I'll just, like – slide them your music along with a couple of other like indie pop artists. I'm like, check these, these people out. They're great. (laughs) Nice. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. Well, um, that's it for kind of my questions, but where can everybody keep up with you? Uh, my website is listen to aw.com and all my like socials and handles are all listen to aw, which is new. They all just changed. Um, but it's cool. 
I love it. Well, it's exciting. It's a new beginning. It is. And it, you know, I think it's so cool that, you know, you started to put your new name out there the way that you want everybody to address you. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's very easy to pick up on. So everybody's yeah. going to have to just quickly search, listen to AW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much for having me. from AW. I am so thrilled to have met them and talked about not only their journey through music so far, but what may be ahead. 
Better yet, I'm all the more excited about catching AW set at the fest this year in Gainesville. Be sure to follow their social media to keep up with their latest projects and more. That's it for this week. If you want to keep up with the latest news from our podcast alum and more, feel free to follow or like Angry Girl Music on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want to get the latest and newest episodes first, subscribe on iTunes. I love hearing from y'all on social media, so any messages are really appreciated. If you want to be a guest, just shoot an email over to angrygirlmusic at gmail.com, and we'll set something up. I hope you all have an excellent week, so until next time, stay safe, stay happy, listen to some awesome tunes, and of course listen to some AW.